podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, hello, here we go, it's the Copyright Podcast. What is happening everyone, welcome back to the Copyright Podcast. It's Mick once again and I'm joined by Christian, as usual, he's always there, he's just always there in the background, he never goes away, he's back again. Um, but yeah, we're joined by a, a special guest today. Um, it is um, be, it's Bjorn and his book Back Home Trohan. Probably butchered that. <laughs> sorry, I'm so sorry. Uh, but yeah, it's a it's a new book by Bjorn, which will, is detailing the the history of Liverpool kits and and, and other various um, similar uh, themes. It's something I'm really interested in. So I've just been saying to Bjorn that. If it does well, it needs to get it out in English so I can give it a read because I am fascinated by kits, even if it's not Liverpool. I just love kits. But uh, Bjorn, how are, we, how are we doing? I'm fine. Thanks for having me. Uh, looking forward to having a great chat with you guys. Yeah, great. And Christian, yeah, how are you? Yeah, I'm good. Uh, it's interesting to have uh, Bjorn on the show. Obviously, he's a Swedish fellow LFC supporter and an author as well, which we'll talk about. So I met him a few times before and I read his first book, which we might just talk about a little bit as well. So, yeah, really interesting show and, uh, yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah, well, um, well we can start at the beginning. Christian, if you want to crack on and ask, ask all the yeah. juicy questions. Yeah, of course. Uh, we can have an introduction with you, Björn, and just yep. uh, you know, let us know just uh, who you are, like where you're from, and uh, yeah, what you're doing. Well, uh, as you mentioned, I'm a Swede, uh, like Christian. Uh, started, you know, supporting in a way Liverpool back in the '70s when I was a kid. Uh, you know, lots of Swedes back then uh, watched English football live on TV, and you know, fell in love with English teams. Most of us had a was smart enough to support Liverpool Football Club uh, back then. So I'm happy for that. Uh, and, you know, I've been a lifelong Liverpool supporter, even as a Swede. Uh, as I won't mention my age because, you know, it's over 50 nowadays. So let's not talk about that. Uh, you, don't, you don't look like that, though. No, I'm, you know, you have filter on video and so on. So it's a great thing. No, I'm just kidding. You know, I, I'm, I'm blessed with... Uh, I'm blessed with... Uh, I don't know, self-confidence or something like that. I, no, I'm just kidding. You need to have some humor about it. Now I'm just living in Sweden, you know, as we mentioned, working at Kufans University, uh, where I live in south of Sweden, former Swedish international student recruitment. That's what I do full time. And then on my spare time, uh, weekends, uh, you know, evenings and so on, as I have, you know, quite grown up kids, I have the possibility to focus on what I'm interested in, and that is, you know, writing. It could be an article, it could be a book, uh, and foremost uh, focusing on Liverpool and also handball, which is quite a big sport where I come from, uh, and uh, leadership within sports is something that I'm also interested in. So when I write, I focus on those three areas, so to speak. But, you know, something like that. Yeah, you said uh, that you started supporting Liverpool in the seventies. But what what kind of what was it that turned you into a Liverpool supporter? Was a specific you know uh, game or a happening or an event or you know something that really like got your Liverpool supportership? You started. No, actually, I don't have like a specific memory of a game or uh, you know something like that. You know, uh, I as as I grew up. Uh, uh, during the 70s, I watched uh, English football, as I mentioned, live every Saturday because in Sweden, as in Norway and Denmark, they broadcasted games from England 
live every Saturday, uh, which wasn't you know possible in in England until 1983, I think, was the first time that a game was broadcasted live for the first time in England. So we we started in Sweden in in the Scandinavian countries already in 1969, broadcasting uh, English games and FA Cup finals and League Cup finals and so on. So it was more like I was watching English football as a little kid with my dad uh, every Saturday. Uh, and, you know, the two teams that was shown the most over the years was Liverpool and Manchester United for obvious reasons. I guess, you know, Liverpool at least was not only broadcasted, you know, on live on the Saturdays, they were also in the League Cup final and the FA Cup finals quite often during the 70s and, and 80s and so on. So it was quite natural that you, you saw them quite a lot. And for some reason, you know, I fell in love, so to speak, with, you know, Phil Neal, the right back for some reason. He put in lots of penalties and so on. And for some reason, that was a player that I adored. I don't know why. Uh, a bit odd, perhaps, that you, you like a fullback or <laughs> something like that. Uh, but of course, you also, you know, you had Kevin Keegan, uh, you know, with a rock star looks, uh, scoring <laughs> goals and so on. And my dad was an, was a goalie when he was young. So he talked, you know, a, a bit about Ray Clements and I fell in love with Ray Clements as well. So those were the three players, I guess, that was most important when I was a kid. Uh, and I was quite furious, even though I was only seven years old when Kevin Keegan left. I had a poster on the wall at my in my in my room and I threw it away. Uh, I was very disappointed. <laughs> so I guess I was quite enthusiastic as a supporter already back then. But then, you know, we had King Kenny and uh, everything felt better quite uh directly so i think you know it, it grew on me uh, uh my love for, for liverpool and so it was not a specific moment it was more like i watched them a lot considering you know that was uh, every saturday it was an english game and you had a possibility to follow uh liverpool every now and then uh, so and it's been like that ever since you mentioned a few like Liverpool uh, heroes for you when you grew up. Uh, who would you say is your favorite players nowadays in the in the more like today and the modern era? Obviously, Steven Gerrard is just an answer you can't say because that's probably obvious for all of us. But if, is there some player that you know you really really like more than others nowadays? Well, if I sh- if you talk about the modern era and we go back a couple of years and so on, you know. There's one player, and I don't know. I think if I was a if I was a woman, I would be in love with him, and that is Fernando Torres because he had some. There was some aura about him, you know. He had the looks, he had the skills, and he had I don't know some kind of aura that you I can't explain. But there was something about him, uh, you know, the first and second year, and then you know, unfortunately, you know, he got injured a lot and so on. But you know, the partnership with him and Gerard. Uh, I don't remember the season, but, you know, it was magical. Uh, so for me, it would be Fernando Toro, Torres. Uh, for some reason, I can't explain. Uh, and I was really, really disappointed as a grown man uh, when he left. I wrote, uh, you know, if we talk about Twitter being toxic, I wasn't, you know, the role model when it comes to writing at that moment when he left for Chelsea. Uh, I was very disappointed. So I would say Torres, but obviously you have, you know, different kinds of players in the modern era that you you really like and admire and so on you you Suarez was also one of a kind uh but perhaps not as likable uh, if you look at the whole package uh considering what he perhaps did or you know if you talk about Liverpool as a club as a crest as a brand whatever you want to call it even as a supporter perhaps you know what he did wasn't the best 
perhaps for for Liverpool as a club uh, and how it was handled. Uh, but a magical uh, player, uh, and of course, you know, I really like if you, you look at the more recent years, it's hard not to like like Sadio Mane or uh, you know Alison Becker, uh, you know, lots of them. Uh, so there's lots of likable players uh, if you look at during the Klopp era as well. Uh, I think perhaps, and that's is perhaps uh, something that's. Klopp and his team has achieved that they have attracted and recruited players that are both, you know, have lots of leadership skills and are quite likable besides being good football players. Yeah, I think that's fascinating because I know that, like, what you just said there, Bjorn's like, like completely correct because I think Klopp's like, it's the whole picture. It's like, are they a good man? Are they a good player? Are they world class? I think the no knobheads rule. It's just like that's just the way. I think any <laughs> yeah. any walk of life. No, I think any walk of life that works because you don't want to be working with a knobhead. Like, does it like anywhere you work? Like whenever, like, and I've worked with quite a few. Like, there's always there's always one or two that just tend to bring Christian. Yeah, yeah, tend to bring the um, the atmosphere down. So, yeah, and especially if you're working on a level like Liverpool are, where you're at the top echelons of the game, you need everyone to be. You need the squad to be really harmonious. So. I think that's a good thing that has Klopp kind of uh, brought in, which is nice as well. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I thought of, you know, when you mentioned Torres, I just got these, like, pictures in my head of him in his long, like, long uh, sleeves and running around, you know, a little bit cold on the in yeah. England and running around the pitch with Gerard just giving him perfect passes and him scoring. So, yeah, good good, good choice. Did you see that yeah, on you, memories. Christian? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it must yeah. be uploaded there it must yeah. be, yeah. be. Yeah. LFC yeah. players porn uh, that's the problem yeah. <laughs> but yeah but yeah, just loads of good memories and I, yeah I was disappointed as well obviously when he left I was living in England then I uh, hadn't lived there for long and then you know I, I finally got to see him play live and then he actually was gone to Chelsea so that was a, it was a disappointment but then obviously in came Luis Suarez and everything was Fine again. So great, two great cop songs as well for both Torres and Suarez. Yeah. But uh, uh, let's move on then. Uh, I'm thinking, you know, where we would we said in the beginning that obviously we're gonna focus on your uh, your your career as an author as well. Obviously, because you have uh, written two Liverpool books. Uh, the first one came out a few years ago. I got a copy of it, so I got it at home, uh, and I really liked it. So I'm looking forward to the second one, which is out now. Uh, but we can just start to just um, what what gave you the thought or idea to start write about Liverpool Football Club? What what just inspired you, and where came it, where came the idea from? Well, actually, uh, when I was younger, I didn't write at all. Uh, I didn't know I have the interest or you know skill or ability or whatever you want to call it. So it was actually when I was like almost 40 years old, I got a job. I was in a, at a job interview where I had to, you know, write. Uh, I was supposed to ghost write for different uh, politicians uh, because this was working as a political advisor for a political party here in Sweden. So um, I didn't know that. So part of the interview was writing uh, a made up uh, article. So I did that and obviously, uh, I did a good job uh, because I got the job. And then, you know, within that job, I wrote, ghost wrote quite a lot. Uh, and I found out that I thought it was fun to to write, to create an article, whatever it is, uh, even if it was for someone else. 
and then you know this was back like 10 years ago something like that so i started to blog a bit uh in a very uh, easy way just about the local handball team uh something about liverpool uh like that i wrote a piece on brad jones uh, as you remember back then he lost his son uh luca and leukemia was was quite you know I think every supporter, you know, felt for him uh, and the situation that he was in. So I wrote something about that on the blog. And that was something that uh, the Liverpool Sweden Supporters Club asked me about. Can we publish that as a on the, our, our page? And, and they did. And I think perhaps that was the, when I you know, realized that this is quite fun. Not the subject, of course, when it comes to Brad Jones, but, you know, writing about stuff that I... I'm interested in not only work related so i did some blog posts uh which were, were more like articles more than like a traditional blog post uh, and you know i got an uh, i got asked by the local humble team that was it still is one of the best teams in sweden if i could you know write for them every now and then uh, and i did so that's how we started with it comes to writing and as I mentioned in the beginning, you know, I'm interested in sports, handball, football and leadership within sports. So uh, a blog post that I did was, was was with an interview with one of the best uh, coaches in Sweden, handball coaches, uh, Jubi Miranius. He just won the championship uh, with his German team. Legend. In, yeah, 2014. So I did an interview with him uh, focusing on his view on leadership uh, and so on. And it was very appreciated. Uh, and I thought, hmm, this is kind of uh, fun, you know, to, to write, to interview like uh, really skilled leaders. So I I had an idea to, to do a book with, you know, interviews with the best football handball coaches in, in Sweden. Uh, and I did. Uh, a year later, it was published. Uh, but I didn't know. I didn't know as much as I do today. So I, I, <laughs> I, I was the uh, publisher myself. Uh, which was quite lots of job uh, printed a thousand copies of it it was not too hard to sell uh, you know uh, locally and uh, via different kinds of social media uh, i interviewed like Lars Lagerbeck the former head coach of different countries countries and so on and lots of other prominent coaches it was interesting but then you know i i felt like and i started to 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 you know have some interviews in the background with different players and uh, and had an idea that i want to do something about liverpool because you know even if i'm interested in leadership and handball liverpool is you know besides my family the most important thing in my life uh, so of course i wanted to to do something about that to create something and have it, even when you do something like that um you do even if it's hard to get in contact with foremost newer players uh, but you know the guys the players from the 70s 80s and so on my heroes they are more much more approachable uh, when it comes to talking and you you know that by yourself you know if you look at you, they don't want money to 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 always to 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 do something they do it by heart because they love the club and so on they want to give something back uh, and actually you know uh, I, uh, I started the process with the last book and i wanted you to, to do something that was like fun um uh, uh, and the coffee table book more or less 
because it's important for me that it's easy to read. Uh, pictures are important because you know what they say. A picture says more than a thousand words and so on. Uh, so uh, sometimes like 10 years ago, my writing started and, you know, the process made me do one book and then it, you know, slipped over to the second book about Liverpool and it was published back in 2018. And then, you know, I've got more experience, uh, perhaps more time. Uh, yeah, as you know, Christian, I don't know about you, Mick, but when you have small kids, um, you're quite busy the full time, you know, the whole time. But yeah, my kids are yeah. older <laughs> now. So I have, you know, I can actually do more what I feel like. Yeah. So that's how it is. That's how it started. Yeah, and your your first book is called Liverpool Football Club. You know, walk alone, and just tell us shortly about the about that, and you know the content of it, and then we can jump on to the second book. But I think it's yeah. important to just let the, the listeners know about your first book. As yeah, well. the first book was more like, or less like uh, something. You know, uh, I wanted to do a fun book for the because you know even though there are lots of books about Liverpool Football Club, it's foremost in English. And lots of Swedish supporters. I know I read a lot of books, even in English. I don't care. But lots of Swedish supporters, you know, I understood that they really wanted to have a book in Swedish that was quite easy to read, uh, approachable, uh, you know, in Swedish about their favorite club. So that was, you know, my driving, what I was wanted to achieve, to do something fun, uh, interested uh, with a good layout for my fellow supporters in Sweden. So I don't want to be like pretentious to do something like that. Uh, so I wrote, you know, from my heart, so to speak. It was, you know, uh, the, the part uh, I did about Brad Jones is part of that. I did a piece on Brad, uh, Fernando Torres as well, uh, written from my heart, how I miss him and so on and <laughs> so on. And then I, you know, I mixed it with interviews with former players and managers that I got hold of. So. I created a team, so to speak, in that with players uh, that had something interesting to say. But as you know, uh, you can't talk to everybody. Of course, I would love to have interviewed like King Kenny. But for me, as an unknown Swedish supporter, I wouldn't say it's possible and so on. But I had a fortunate, the manager of that book was Roy Evans. I interviewed him about his time in Liverpool. And then I had uh, like the full team. So you had Sandro Westerfeld uh, as the goalie because he did an interview with him. Uh, Phil Neal talked to him like for more than two hours at the Hilton Hotel in uh, Liverpool, which was amazing. You, I'm pretty sure you've heard him talk about his time in Liverpool and so on. It was uh, I didn't have to talk too much myself because he's a great storyteller. Uh, so it was fun and so on. And Glenn Hussein, of course. Uh, of course, from Sweden, of course, he's <laughs> everywhere. Uh, love the guy. Yeah. Uh, very generous <laughs> about himself and so on. Stegen uh, Actually, uh, the midfield was kind of tricky. But at that moment, uh, do you remember Damien Plessis, the midfielder from France? Yeah. Yeah. He played in Erlbo. <laughs> yeah. And he didn't he made a huge impact. But it was nice to to have a different views on their time in Liverpool. Uh, so it was different views. I think it's quite fun when you... I'm interested in different views. It's quite boring if you read about if they tell the same story, every player or manager, it's the same, or they don't have like, you don't want to tell anything. So that's how the book was uh, created with, you know, my my personal portraits or articles about different players uh, written from my heart. 
and then mixed with interviews from different players and then you had like songs you had pictures uh, had some small you know small interviews with more or less famous fans from foremost sweden but some of them you know more like gareth roberts from Antwerp rap you know picked his favorite team etc etc uh, darren fairly the, the comedian was also someone who's picked his most funny team uh, so <laughs> different different uh different views to have a great mix uh with a great layout that was the aim and i know that i was quite satisfied with the result and it's been sold out in sweden and uh, so i think the fans uh, as well appreciate it so and then if we you know going to talk more about this book i'm just released uh one part of that book was also uh two pages covering liverpool shirts uh so i think that was the starting point you know when it comes to my thoughts about writing more about just shirts and the history of the shirts yeah i can say obviously about the first book because i, I read that one uh, and i really liked it uh, you know it's a, like you said it's loads of pictures it's it's an easy read as well and it's a fun read and like you said with the creation of it as a team with the, you know your goalies and your defensive line and midfield and stuff and not like you mentioned Björn, not the like the the, the star players but like you named um, Plessy there and he played in Örebro you said at that time yeah. which is very close to where i live now but you know it's fun to actually hear their stories as well you know they he never made it to Liverpool and he had to move on and I kind of like to actually know what he has to say about that kind of moment as well that you don't always hear the the, the players actually succeeded you can actually hear the the players who had to move on and you know their thoughts and feelings about that so I don't know what what do you think Mick like obviously you can't read that book but I, I what we can do Mick I will start to read it out to you in English and you can listen. <laughs> yeah, I knew that. Just do, just do loads of what um, voice notes on WhatsApp, right? Yeah. One, and I want sure. a want a nice, yeah. nice seductive voice as well. I don't want. I'd say it into an audiobook in English for you. I <laughs> know, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I agree with Bjorn. Like um, sometimes the players that, like you said, Christian, have got a story to tell who haven't made it. Like we've we done one with Sean Dundee, and initially yeah. I was like people going to watch this like is it going to be as good as like so obviously you got a big if you got a big name like a Gerard or a Torres that's obviously going to do well <clears throat> but the Sean Dundee one was really good because you got to see why from his point of view why it went wrong and the stuff that he did wrong when he come in he wasn't fit he wasn't ready it was a big shock for him he wasn't acclimatized to the way we play and just loads of different things and I think that's like really fascinating and I think it's I think that's easier to do than a I don't know. So you have an interview with Jamie Carragher. Carragher gets asked the same questions yeah. all the time. It's like, so how did you start off? And he's like, yeah, yeah, I started off. Swan Everton, blah, 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 blah. And it's like a script for him that he's like, he can go off. But when you're getting like a raw interview like that, I think it's more interesting because we've done one with Sander Vesterveld and that was one of my favorites because he's just yeah. a genuinely funny guy and like just yeah. actually was quite honest. Same with Neil Meller. Um, I haven't spoke to Damien Plessis, but I did. Fun, fun little story about Damien Plessis. I used to work in a club in, in town in Liverpool. Um, and I think I was, I was on like a late shift. And he, he him and Charles Atanji walked in at like 4.30 in the morning. Um, Liverpool were playing Arsenal the next day. 
I remember just well, I, 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 I don't know what, I don't know why I went over. I was like, I need to go over and ask what's going on here. I need to ask. So I went over and was like, why are you guys in here? We're at Liverpool play tomorrow, like midday kickoff or something. And he was like, <clears throat> he was, he was like, oh, we're not involved or something. And I was like, I was like, all right then. I just kind of walked off. I mean, there's probably like a story behind that in itself. Something yeah. probably happened. That's probably but, why he's not involved then. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> but yeah, it's just yeah. I found those other type of interviews like the Sean Dundee's, and we done one with Eric Meyer. That was like really interesting because he's like got a story and he came into the starting eleven because we had injuries and scored a couple of goals. And it's just like those little cult hero type. Um, Interviews that are good, like I think Ego Biscan would be amazing. I'd love to yeah. interview Ego, that'd be amazing. Yeah. But yeah, Bjorn be, I'd absolutely love to interview Stig and Bjorn be. I loved them as a kid, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, and I, I do totally agree, but you know, uh, I think that as you mentioned, you know, and that was my aim with the last book as well, you know, uh, to have different uh, views, but you know, also it's that you should be honest about that part because you, of course if you know if i sh- had to choose between damien plessy and steven Gerrard, uh, i wouldn't like say oh no, i'm sorry steven i want to talk to damien because he has something else to say you know <laughs> it's more like reality uh, is that it's very hard to to get in contact because you know i can tell you that when i try to i try to get in contact with different players and so on and i wanted to of course it would be fun and interesting and if you if you want to be cynical about it, of course you want to have a big name, you know, part of the book. But because from a marketing point of view, you know, that's more yeah. like it's easier for people to understand. Oh, this is interesting. Then you write about an unknown midfielder who didn't made it. Uh, so that's different kinds of approaches, of course. But I can also mention that you know. So the reality is that it's hard to get in contact with more modern day footballers or players if you're unknown uh, if i would be a simon hughes for example you know which is my favorite author when it comes to liverpool i think he's a great author uh he perhaps have to you know the reputation and uh, the contacts and can do those those kinds of interviews i can't do that so reality is that <laughs> i have to i have to interview some other guys uh, besides you know great guys like staking union for him for me that would be like relevant uh, even if you know I could have someone else, uh, Glenn from a Swedish point of view is always relevant. Uh, I can also mention that I did an interview. One of the midfielders is another uh, unknown for the perhaps broader, you know, uh, parts of the supporters. You know, Christopher Peterson, the Swedish youth player, he played in Liverpool for uh, between 2010 till. 14, I think he was just on the edge of making it to the first team uh, in back in 14. He was like he was traveling with the with the first team to to the states for the preseason tour uh, back then. But then he left. So I interviewed him about you know being a youth uh, professional in Liverpool, uh, how he found that uh, you know. So he had a different approach to things uh, when it comes to telling about life. As a Liverpool player, even he was just in, most in the youth team. Uh, so um, different, different view. If you're interested, as you mentioned, Mick, you know, like you mentioned, John Dundee. I think if you're really interested in the club and the players and the, the history of the club and so on, I think perhaps it's more, it's more. I shouldn't say relevant because it's you know, but it's int- really interesting. It gives you more to hear about and talk to 
you know, the ones didn't made it. But as you mentioned, otherwise, the, 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 the ones that are interviewed on a regular basis, they say the same things over and over and over. Uh, so it's not, you know, it's not that interesting, to be honest. Yeah, it, it's two takes on it, like you mentioned as well, because if you had Steven Gerrard from a marketing point of view, yes, that would help to obviously sell the book and get loads of marketing. And, you know, people would say, oh, Steven Gerrard is in this book, he's interviewed yeah. Steven and all that. So that's one take of it. But then obviously everyone has already read the story about Steven Gerrard. Every, every supporter already know it. So it would probably be like similar to what he yeah. said before or whatever but now when you get like the Plessis or you know Christopher Peterson as well uh uh you know with with a, with a his point of view from the youth team and almost making it into the first team under Brendan Rodgers and going to yeah. the states and a pre you get another story and I think if you're an interested Liverpool supporter I kind I think that kind of story is actually more interesting because you already know everything about Carragher Gerrards and all that yeah. so I really like that so it's two takes on it obviously from your point of view as the selling author with the book, but I think also as the supporter who reads it, like, oh, I haven't heard this story before. Yeah. This is interesting. So I really like that actually side of it because the it is the stories that you never hear about. So I think that's really, really good. Um, but I think we should just jump on to the second book, obviously, that is called uh, Liverpool Football Club uh, Bakom Tröjan, which is translated into English behind the shirt. Uh, and it I guess it comes from your interest in kits, as you said before, Björn. And I think Mick will be glad to hear about this as well because he's the same. He he loves his kits. Uh, yeah. So um, when did you start? You mentioned before that after the first book, you already had some ideas. But when did you start to actually form an idea in your head about this book, how you should you know, write it and have the process of it? And uh, yeah, just just tell us what, 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 what was happening when you started off with the second book. Well, as I mentioned, you know, I started thinking about, as I have an interest in, you know, shirts and so on, I wouldn't say, even if I have lots of shirts, I wouldn't say that I'm a collector. Even if I've written a book, I wouldn't say that I'm an expert. Uh, I would say that I'm just a fan interested in, you know, uh, shirts. I think they're quite nice to have. But foremost, for me, shirts are uh, nostalgia and memories. Uh, it could be like this shirt, if I look something, you know, oh, that was that game or that moment or that player. That's what shirts are for me more than, you know, anything else. Uh, I don't I don't wear them too much when to, to games. I'm very. My son thinks I'm quite stupid, you know, when, <laughs> because you have a I have a scarf one game and then you know, Liverpool lose and I throw it away and then I will try something else. Uh <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I this shirt was really great uh so i have that on and we lose and yeah uh, so nowadays <laughs> i don't wear anything because it doesn't help so besides that uh, i you know for me it was like i had some shirts and so on uh actually you know when i moved my me and my family moved from a house you know you have to skip stuff uh so i sold a bunch of shirts and then you know you know in the new apartment i felt like miss my shirt so i started <laughs> buying them again uh so and that's how you know some 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 times there when i created the other book uh i had a part about different shirts uh, that i had at home i started to feel like it could be fun to do something about shirts because i think it was about that time i wanted to know more about shirts 
and I'm not interested so much about the the details about every shirt. You know, the the ones that are really expert, they can you know look at the shirt or a replica and say this is not an original original replica because the stitches are uh, on the yeah they are wrong. The stitches are wrong or whatever it might be. I'm not I'm not good at that. Uh, I'm not interested in that. I'm interested in the background in the history. So what I was you know. Back then, I tried to find out more about the background. It's obviously you can find information that, you know, we started to be blue back in 1892 and switched to red in 1896 and so on. And, you know, you can look at uh, some information on Internet, the books and find out, you know, the big pictures, you know, but not so much about the history of the background. So I, I wanted to know more about that. And I found out when I looked at different uh, pages on internet that it was hard to find information about you know the background uh, the, the big pictures about the background you know why did we change uh, uh, from that color to another color or the history of uh, the third shirts why do we start and how and when and so on so there was lots of things and I didn't find anything and I should say that I don't know if you know it but uh, I think he's a Liverpool author, Peter Crilly. He created a book uh, back in 2008, I think, that was called Tops of the Cops or something like that. And I think that's the one book that, you know, covers all of the shirts, all the seasons. But for me, it was very focused on each season and it was not so much about the background. So I was interested in, you know, reading more and learning more about the background. How did, you know, the, the replica industry back in the 70s affected the looks of the shirts, for example? Or, uh, you know, when we started by, with commercial uh, in England back in the 70s, how did that uh, affect it? And what's the story behind that? And so on and so on. So I started to read more. Uh, and sometimes if you look, at you know, the so-called facts, you can find out different years uh, in different sources and so on. So it was kind of confusing. So, but anyway, uh, I tr I started to to plan for a book, and it was quite hard in the beginning to 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 you know decide what concept or looks or structure I should have. So I just starting to in the beginning do it from the from the beginning so to speak because that was the easy part read more about uh the evolution of football kits in 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 the world or in england foremost uh from the beginning back in you know from the 18th 1900th century and so on the broader perspective so to speak and then it came you know quite natural uh liverpool was part of that history so i started to write from uh from uh, from the beginning and then as I came closer to, to to the modern era, I also, you know, decided that, okay, so for me, football shots is very much about, you know, memories and, you know, memories of former players. And that would be also something that would be interested to, you know, if you want to have like a, an interesting book with a approachable uh, layout, you have to think about the structure of the book. So, Finally, I decided of the concept of the structure of the book, which is, you know, uh, telling the story evolution, the evolution of football shirts uh, in England and for Liverpool Football Club. Uh, 
uh, from you know from the beginning and then when I have you know perhaps I you know the first chapter is like from the birth of football and Liverpool club uh, until the the very beginning you know like 1910 or something like that and that's the the end of the first chapter and then I will you know have an interview with Stephen Dunn uh, the curator of Liverpool Football Museum uh, which I would if you have the possibility to hear that or anyone else I'm very grateful to him because you know he not only did an interview he actually you know uh, took fo- photos of some of the original uh, shirts that are in the museum which are included uh, in the book and that you know uh, is very I'm very grateful for that and then you know the second chapter is you know the, from the ni- beginning of you know 1910 to the mid like say 1950s or something like that and then you know you end it with an interview with the voice of Anthony George Sefton he talks about about his favorite shirts uh, very short chapters very approachable easy to read and so on and so it goes on and then you have like the 60s and then you have the 70s and you know you, you start I start to write about the replica industry, uh, the admiral, admiral uh, you know, have the idea to, to put their uh, logo on uh, Leeds shirts for the first time back in the early 70s. And that started, you know, revolution was a revolution when it comes to, to football kits uh, and the replica industry, because that's very important when it comes to like the 80s and so on. If I had to say an example, you know, uh, Back in 1987, Liverpool introduced the very first grey away kit. Uh, and lots of people, you know, why grey? And you know, what is not a fact is just what I have read because that's nothing stated or said. But lots of people say that this is something they choose because it was very uh, nice to have to jeans on your spare time as a leisure kit. Uh, and then you realize that lots of lots of colors or design when it comes to foremost perhaps third kits nowadays is you know they just want to sell the third kit it's not so much important that it's how it looks from my point of view so you know the the replica industry is very important when it comes to how the design and so on uh, and so on so i think you know the book took some time to just decide is it possible to write about Liverpool uh, shirts uh, a whole book and also how do I make it interesting uh, how do I because I want it to be the big picture background and not so much about details because I'm not interested if I'm from for me as I say I'm not interested if perhaps uh, the crest is one centimeter to the left or to the right on over the over the chest it's more important you know the big picture the crest has changed uh, the looks or we choose that color or we didn't choose that color and why did we choose that manufacturer uh, which has differed over the years and why have we chosen different kinds of sponsors why did we choose sponsors well that was part of the the era back then and something that was also interesting you you can Quite often you hear that, you know, Liverpool was first with sponsored uh, with a sponsor on, on the kit, Hitachi, back in 1979. Well, not really. If you look back, you had Kettering Town back in 76, uh, a non-league tie, uh, football team that, you know, introduced that. And then you have a story about how they couldn't use it because the FA 
didn't allow it and so on and there was you know lobby lobby uh, lobbying from different times of team because they realized this is big money uh, and so on and so on and then you have an evolution when it comes to commercial uh, over the years uh, so and then you have you know if you look at uh, the colors of the kits uh, in a more modern era you know the, the introduction of the Premier League back in 92 of course had an impact on the looks of the shirts uh, uh, I had an opportunity to talk to the former CEO Rick Perry for a bit he's also interviewed in the book we talked about that and he told me and I could read it of course somewhere else but you know when they created the Premier League as you know it was very much an effect of all the problems that you had in English football back in the 80s so they wanted to start something completely new and then you know Premier League starting back in 92 and one thing that they did when they started was the introduction of green uh, jerseys for the referees to make sure that everybody who looked understood that this is something new because they wanted to create something new that was different from all the bad reputation and all the bad things uh, that uh, you know dominated English football back in the 80s so and that also into the introduction of green shirts for the referees made it possible for the football teams uh, to have black shirts. And I don't know if you remember, but Manchester United had a black away shirt, 93 to 95. And I think most of us remember Eric Cantona doing that Kung Fu kick in that black shirt uh, back at Selhurst Park. Uh, don't remember the year at the moment. Uh, I think it was in the beginning of 95, but it doesn't matter. And for Liverpool, it you know it was not until back in 2002 for the 2002-3 season that we had our first uh, black uh, away kit. So there's always some reason for the color or the looks or the sponsor or the manufacturer, and that was I was I was is what I am trying to to write about, but not very much in detail, but like from from a broader or bigger point of view. Uh, so, yeah, something like that, I guess. Yeah, you uh, you sent me an exclusive little preview of your book, which I'm really liked, and I'll have a look. And, you know, it's loads of nice photos and loads of photos of kits and the interviews. It looks really, really great. So I'm looking forward to my copy of the book. Uh, but, yeah, I saw that, you know, like you mentioned, it's, it's like a storytelling way because you start off obviously when Liverpool is founded and with the first kits and it just goes through the eras and with the commercial stuff and what happens when the Premier League starts and all that so you know I think for any reader obviously Swedish readers first off we're not sure what's happening in the future but you know I think people will really really like it if, if you're interested in this kind of storytelling connected with history and uh, you know the evolution of Liverpool football club and the kits uh, and I, I saw as well I think uh, Mick might like that because I saw that you had um, the Paddy Berger uh, shirt uh, Patrick Berger obviously uh, the Czech international played for Liverpool and I love that white kit don't you Mick <laughs> yeah I mean I've you sent me over the um the pictures as well like there's just so many like and I think it's something that is it's just so synonymous with because you can put something on Twitter, you can go like a, a picture of a kit, I don't know, from like 98, and you can say, what, which player does this remind you of? And every person will have a different answer. And sometimes it's not even the most obvious player. Like you mentioned, uh, beyond the like the, is it the 2002-03, the black kit. Like I just I think 
El Hadj Juf. I had on the, I had El Hadj yeah. name on the back of that one. I had and that I like, one as well because yeah. he came off the World Cup 2002 and was yeah. the, yeah, you yeah. know the star name yeah. uh, during that transfer window. Exactly. Uh, we thought we had you know a new really good player uh, on our hands, and I bought that on like a local market. You know their replica, like you said when I was. I can't remember how old I was back then, but, you know, in my early teens or whatever. But, yeah, I remember I had that, but I obviously threw that away quite quickly. But, uh, yeah, but that was the black kit. And I I kind of liked it, to be honest. Uh, That's why I like this kind of book as well. And uh, I saw that you obviously had the Carlsberg era as well, you know, when they come in as as a sponsor and, you know, how long they have actually been with the football club and how they help to develop uh, our kits as well, you know, with... Uh, colors and, and everything like that as well so yeah it's really really interesting um how long does it take to write this kind of book with all the research and you know interviews and stuff what would you say is the like the process of writing how long does it take oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh well it's I, I i haven't got and i've been working on this book uh even if you know for, for many years and uh, do it on my spare time it, and i have been doing it for like and I was there a weekend there and so on. So it's taking some vacations and so on, because most of the time, you know, the big the big effort isn't, you know, the writing. The big effort effort is, you know, finding the information, reading. I've been I've been looking for information in hundreds of books and I've I think thousands of internet pages over the years. And uh, sometimes you f- find something that is, you know, covers quite a lot of a different period or a different shirt or whatever it might be. Uh, But most often what I have found is, you know, pieces from different kinds of internet pages. And and also you you should have that in mind when you read something like this. But you could say that this is the history book about Liverpool Football Club, but from a very different point of view and in short. Um, And I think that's, I think that's what I'm quite happy with. Uh, but it's taking a uh, lots of time. Uh, but as I say, not too. That's when it comes to writing and you know designing and choosing pictures, uh, thinking about the structure, uh, proofreading. You know that's hundreds of hours just that. But before you can do that, there's lots of readings and as I say, lots of books and so on. And you don't know where you find it, so you have to read quite a lot. Uh, so uh, I can't say it's taking me quite a lot of years, uh, many, many, many hours, uh, but it's fun. Uh, I wouldn't do it if it was something else. I wouldn't have the, the energy for it. Uh, as I mentioned to Christian before, uh, when I write something, I need to be, no need to, I want to do, to you know, be, uh, I have, want to feel for it and want to have like a desire to do it uh, otherwise I wouldn't have the energy to do it on my spare time uh, but it's been really interesting uh, and I think you know the result is hopefully I think it's quite easy for the reader to to read it it's quite lots of information but hopefully and you can correct me Christian who's read it not very detail oriented oriented it's more like I wanted to show the bigger pictures, but of course it's lots of details when you know talks about different stuff. So don't expect to read on read about every shirt on every year, because the shirts are more like examples of uh, if something important has happened. Of course, if you have the first black shirt, as we mentioned, uh, 
it's included uh, with the picture, but there's lots of other stuff that happens. Um, so it's taken many years and I don't know, thousands of hours it feels like. Yeah, I, I think, you know, with the first book and probably with this as well, what I, from what I've seen with all the photos and stuff, like it's something like the, this book can be, re- you know, read by not just only like, you know, grown-ups. It could be read by, you know, like kids, maybe a little bit older kids that are interested in to learn if they're Liverpool supporters, obviously. And like myself, when my daughters are a little bit older, I can actually read it out to them because it's not too heavy. You can show the photos as well. So it might be something that, you know, it, it doesn't really matter what age you are. If you're interested, you can start reading as a kid or you can start, you know, reading as a you know, young adult and then you can read it as an, an older person as well, if you like, because I think it's it's it's, it's a, a book, like you said, it's, it's an easy read, but it's a very interesting read. Yeah, and I don't, I, I always try to write and I think that's the way I write. I try to write, uh, I'm not pretentious in that way, uh, never been. Uh, I write, want to write uh, quite not like easy in a childish way, but it's like approachable for the common supporter, like fellow supporter. It's easy, should be easy to read, a fluent language and so on, uh, fluent structure. And actually, when it and, and I had the same with it, with uh, the last book. And actually, this was released in 2018, and that was when unfortunately Liverpool was, you know, a very good team back then as well. Lost the final to Real Madrid in Champions League, uh, but. Uh, actually, there was some some libraries bought that book uh, because they realized that uh, lots of kids that aren't you know used to read, but they are very interested in football and Liverpool is a very popular team. So that was a book that they introduced to the kids that uh, you know weren't used to read. Uh, so it's. They're, inter- they're like, you know, Slatan, for example, Slatan Ibrahimovic, his biography has done wonders for the reading uh, among kids in, in Sweden uh, because uh, he's very popular, he's a famous guy, and, uh, you know, they are very interested in that. So actually, when it comes, to, if, you, if you have this kind of book that is easy to read, uh, approachable, uh, with the layout and so on, with lots of pictures, as you mentioned, Christian, it's a good start for perhaps for like a kid or someone else that's not used to read or don't feel like reading a lot. Yeah, now to start drilling here. So <laughs> <laughs> it's always like that. Yeah. But yeah, what, so I just I just want to ask you like, what's your favorite kit before you wrap up? Well, my favorite kit is, and that's the story, actually the story behind all of this uh, when it comes to shirts and the interest with shirts is that I do remember, I can tell this, and this is a true story. When I was, you know, a teen uh, back in Sweden, uh, I saw Ian Rush on the front of a magazine wearing that uh, red shirt with the pinstripes that was released for the season 82-83. And, you know, that back then it was, as I understood, it was mutiny among the supporters, at least in Liverpool, that the club changed from the, you know, uh, the proud old red shirt. But anyway, I saw that picture with Ian Rush and it, I was fascinated. So I wanted to have that uh, on uh, playing with football uh, in my youth team, uh, but I didn't know what to buy it. You know, we didn't have internet back then. Uh, I, we, me and my parents, haven't got a clue how to order via mail uh, from England. And there was no local shop, you know, selling uh, 
English football shirts uh, where I live. So my mother was kind enough to say that, okay, Bjorn, if you want that shirt, let's go to uh, to the local shop and see if we can have some some kind of fabric that you know I can I can make you that shirt. So we went there and we looked, and we didn't find the 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 correct uh, material. But my mother said anyway, okay, this is close enough. I do something with that. And she did. So like for a week later, and, you know, thank you, mom. But anyway, I got the shirt, put it on, back to the foot, uh, went to the football training. But instead of feeling like the mighty reds in that, you know, red uh, with the white pinstripes, uh, the shirt was yellow with green pinstripes. And I feel like, you know, Norwich City. So it wasn't like a success. I went, I didn't wear it any more times. Thanks anyway, mom. And that shirt is actually, you know, that was something happened, I guess, if, you know, you put a psychological uh, view on that, uh, because that shirt was something that I really wanted for so many years. And I think it took me like 30 years to buy a replica. So that's my favorite shirt from all time. And that's, you know, that's whole, I think perhaps that's that's trauma. Let's call it the trauma when I had to wear a Norwich City shirt on the training. That trauma, perhaps, is the reason why I've written this book and is fascinating by uh, the shirts. I don't know. No, no that's fascinating. I, th- I just, I just love because I've always loved kits and I've always loved like shirt numbers as well. So yeah. I think like a shirt, I think a shirt number book would be good beyond if you fancy another another book. Um, <laughs> I, I'm not sure if I have the market for that. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's. I can see, like, obviously, I can't understand it, but I can see from the the PDF version that how much work that you've you've poured your heart and soul into this. And um, yeah, I can't wait for Christian to give me like some insight into what has been said. Yeah, but yeah, I can yeah. see, obviously, <clears throat> the names of people: Patrick Berger, Stephen Gerrard, <clears throat> sorry, um, and Robbie Keane and stuff. There's players in there that like are synonymous with a certain kit. So it's yeah, it's. I've always been fascinated with that, and I'm sure a lot of the listeners that. A listener will be um, feeling the same, but um, beyond we'll we'll leave it there. We just want to say thanks very much for your for your time this morning. It's been really, really interesting. Something that is really, especially for me, something that I love. Just talking about Liverpool, talking about kits, talking about players that have played for us in the past, and interviews with certain people. It's um, really interesting. But, but just before we go, I just want to give a shout out to uh, one of our partners, Jack Design. I know it's getting closer and closer to Christmas, so. I'd, um, I don't want to keep mentioning Christmas because it it's it feels like it's a long time away, but it's also not a long time away. So um, if you want to head over to his website, which is jackdesign.uk forward slash shop, enter the code COPITE10 and you get 10% off anything off his website. So if you fancy, um, he's got loads of stuff, T-shirts, jumpers, prints, um, all kinds of boss stuff. So if you want to head over there and enter cop by ten on uh checkout, you can get ten percent off. Um but yeah, Bjorn, thanks very much for, for your time. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Yeah, um and yeah, if you did enjoy it, um this is our first one just on audio. So if you're listening on I don't know, Spotify, Apple or uh, Google, Deezer, whatever you're listening on, do leave us a rating and um if you if you've got time, leave us a review because that'll help us get up the up the charts in the in the Spotify and Apple charts. So yeah, please do that if you can. And yeah, nice one. Uh, we'll leave it there. Thanks to Beyond, thanks to Christian and yeah, up the reds. Podcast Network.